If you need prayer, we have elders that will be here at the conclusion of the service, and they would just be absolutely thrilled to spend time with you and to pray over you. Wasn't baby dedication wonderful? Thank you to the family for allowing us to do that. We pray that we will be a continued blessing to you and your whole family. We began a series called Love Conveyed quite a few weeks ago, and let me just share with you our premise of this message is God gave me and you desires, and he gave us a will. And the reason why we know that, that we learned, is that when God created you, he created you and me in his image and his likeness. And so God has desires, and God has a will. And as believers, our desire is to walk in the things of the Lord, but it is transformed and transferred to us of godly desires and godly will, that we begin to make choices of living for the Lord. But in the reality of this, I began to think as I began to study is because God desires things and wills things, and he's given us that same ability. Here's another question that we have been talking about, and last time together, we talked about Satan's greatest desire. And the first part, and today I want to conclude this part of the series in talking about what is Satan's greatest desire. And the first question we ask, there are three questions that we are asking in this part of the series regarding Satan. And the first question that we asked last week, what was Satan's desire? And so don't worry about it. Next week, we're going to talk about God's desire and take a couple of weeks on that and really learn because we're created in God's image and likeness and really learn what really our desires and our will is in our life. And it brings such peace, acknowledging and knowing the things of the Lord. So regarding Satan's desire, we ask, what was Satan's desire? What was Satan's desire? We read from Isaiah 14. Let's read that again, beginning with verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, light bringer, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the ground, speaking of Lucifer. You who have weakened the nations, king of Babylon. Now, remember we described he's he's prophesying to a king, but he's prophesying to the one that's behind the king. And that's Lucifer, Satan. But, But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, I will sit on the mount of assembly in the remote parts of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But in fact, Lucifer, you will be brought down to Sheol, to the remote recesses of the pit, the region of the dead. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit, speaking of hell. So let's go over this again. We covered this all of last week, but let's just touch on this, and then we're going to dive into the other two questions. Lucifer, desire, was opposite of what God created him to be. And so he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will also sit on the mount. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And the fifth, notice what he calls God. He dishonors God. He says, I will be like the most high. Now, we, in, last week we, we stated uh, a doctrinal truth is when you're born, you were born with this type of nature. You're created in the image or likeness of God, but because of sin, we're born in this nature thinking of ourselves. And our proof was, remember, you take a group picture, and the picture is either good picture or bad picture, depending how you think you look in that picture. Because your focus is on you. It's a natural thing. Our focus is always on ourselves. But we need to understand what Satan, Lucifer, was created to do in heaven. And then let me just give you a little secret here, is when Satan, Lucifer, was cast out of heaven, when God created us, he gave us Lucifer's job. And we're going to show you that today. So we learn Lucifer, past tense, ruled worship. His body was full of instruments. And the fall of Lucifer didn't happen because God was insecure of what Lucifer was trying to do. Lucifer fell because all worship was to pass through him to the rightful owner who is God. All worship goes to God. You are created as a worshiper and you have all the tools to do so. One day Satan's desire manifested wanting to take some of that worship for himself while leading worship in heaven. And that day, like lightning, Satan fell. Jesus told us that. The fall was fast. And I want to just allow you to understand and let this to sink in. Many people in our world are thinking, well, if, why does God allow a lot of this stuff to happen in our world? I will tell you, a lot of happens in our world because people do not understand what they're called to be and what they were created to be, a worshiper of God. Not a worshiper of self, not a worshiper of others, but a worshiper of God. God is the only one worthy to be worshipped. And Satan stole something that didn't belong to him. So Satan's desire was always to be worshipped. Now point two is almost like point one, but get now where I'm going. Point two is what is Satan's 
desire. What was, we found out, he fell from heaven because he was released from what he was called to be. And now what is Satan's desire? The one that's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. Right now, what is today Satan's desire on earth? Matthew 4 verse 8 says this. Again, the devil took Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. I'm telling you today, Satan's greatest desire is to be worshipped. It's all about him. And while he is tempting Jesus, he tries to get Jesus to worship him. It's a continuing thing. To worship something other than God. Matter of fact, I'll give you the bottom line of Satan's desire now. Satan goes to the top and tries to get the Son of God to worship him. But notice the language He said, Jesus, if you will fall down, if you will humble yourself under me, then I'll give you all this. Satan didn't say, if you worship me, but if you will express. Notice this, we're talking about worship. Satan was created, Lucifer was created of worship. We talked about how he was was given all these things diamonds and everything his body was made out of, the reflection of God to heaven and to the earth. And he lost all that. And he's now saying, I want you not only to worship me, that was his past thing, but now I want you to express it to me, to convey your love to me. Please understand, worship is always conveyed and or expressed. If you love someone, you express it. And all of you have experienced, if you've loved someone and you did not express it, you were in trouble. If you love the Lord, you will express it. Now, you might not be as outgoing as others or musical as others. But when I was uh, in Bible college, I had a discussion with a guy (laughs) regarding uh, worship. And he said, you know what? I know all the stuff that go on, but you know, it's just not my personality. I just don't express things. I don't convey my love to anything like that. I just know it and I bask in it. And I said, oh, okay. I didn't want to argue with him. And, uh, but the following week, a bunch of us guys decided we were going to go to the Dodger game. And so we live in, in uh, Echo Park, and so we walked to the stadium. And you say, you're crazy if you walk to the stadium, Echo Park. But we walked to the stadium, about nine or ten guys. And lo and behold, a miracle took place in this guy who didn't express anything. All of a sudden, he's jumping up and down, he's clapping, he's spinning around and dancing because I think it was uh, back then, I, I was trying to remember the name, I think it, this was back in, you know, I'm showing my age here, 
This is back in 1979. I think Ron Say was there. I think he hit a home run. And uh, come on, yeah, Dodger fan. For all you Angel fans, don't listen right now, you know. But he hit a home run. He's just dancing around. So I just told him, I said, man, a miracle took happen in your life. He goes, what? What? I said, you clapped, you shouted, and you danced. Isn't that amazing? But you can't do that in church. <laughs> he never spoke to me again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's still a good friend, and I remind him of that story. But uh, he dances a lot now. So what I'm trying to tell you is that God created you in a specific way to be able to express your worship and your love to God. You know, it's amazing how we can be yelling and jumping up and down when someone's carrying a pig over a goal line. And, and we do that, but you can get excited about this. But let me tell you, what we're talking about in worship, we're worshiping the Redeemer, the one that redeemed us from this nature, the one that redeemed us from hell. That was the penalty of sin. And to me, to be able to just stand there and not be able to express my worship and my love to him, it's ridiculous because of what he has done for me and who God is for me. And then, let me just tell you, I'm a worshiper. And when you hear teachings like that, you say, oh, who's a worshiper? Who's a worshiper? You're created in God's image and likeness. You are a worshiper. Hmm. So we need to express. Years ago, I went on a fishing trip with a bunch of guys. And I just want to show you this, and, and it's funny. Uh, David, I'll tell his first name. I won't tell you his last name. But I roomed with him on the fishing trip. We'd go to the East Coast, and uh, there'd be about 60 guys we would go fishing deep not deep sea, but off the coast fishing. And we'd stay in all these uh, cabins and everything. So I roomed with him. I got up in the morning, and I went to go get a shower. I showered and, and got dressed, and I walked out of the bathroom. And uh, let, me, let me just tell you, this guy is six foot five, and at that time weighed 290 pounds. He was on the phone with his wife. And his back was turned to me, and he didn't hear me come in the room. He says, oh, honey, I love you more. I do. I love you more. Then he said, tomorrow, baby, I'm coming home. Your man is coming home. And I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. I started laughing. And he turned around and said, you didn't hear all that, did you? I said, Yes, I did, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I told him yesterday, if he wanted to get a good laugh, he could uh, watch us. Uh, He's on the East Coast. But he was beautifully conveying his feelings and his emotions and his love to his wife. Do you know who doesn't want you to convey that love? Satan. Today, Satan 
is disgusted with worship and love that's expressed or conveyed because he was removed from that because he wanted it for himself. Because his greatest desire today is for you to worship him and to do his ways. But he was kicked out of heaven. Satan's greatest desire today is to stop every person from worshiping God. To get you to the place that you don't like a worship song, that you don't like a meal served, that you don't like this, you don't like that, you don't like this, and to get you to the place where you don't worship, where you don't express your love to God and also to the body of Christ. Listen, folks, we're a family. And our anointing is a worshiper, but expressing love. And so the high fives, the hugs, the handshakes, the greetings that we do here, the prayer for one another, the encouragement for one another is an essence, or, or I'll say it that way, it's an essence of what you are called to be, a worshiper, to give honor, to give honor to one another, to love one another, to walk in this realm. So let's, let's move on. We're going we're gonna to find out and we're going to touch on next week's message. But point three, again, sounds like the same, but what will be Satan's desire in the future? So we understood the past, the present, and the future. And notice in talking like this, and my goal here is that you can see when there is a wrong expression, when it is abused, when love is abused, and when we do not express love to God and and honor to one another, what begins to happen in our lives is we begin to go into a, a tailspin and life becomes hard. Life becomes difficult. When you face troubles in your life, you can't handle the troubles. And, and, and the point that comes is we begin to blame God. Remember Adam and Eve when they sinned. You know, Jesus said, where are you? What happened? He said, that woman you gave me caused me to do this. I saw some of you guys pointing at your spouse. That's all right. You've been redeemed from that, guys. So what will be Satan's desire? In Revelation 13, 4, it says, so they worship the dragon. Now, let me tell you, who's the dragon? All right, because there's a lot of movies out there with dragons. Who's the dragon? In verse 9 of Revelation 12, it says, so the great dragon was cast out, speaking of Lucifer, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. So the dragon is Lucifer or Satan. So let's read verse 4. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. All right, now we're not going into Revelations. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday night uh, in about five months. We're going to teach on end times. But, and they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? So they were singing worship to the beast. The end of the verse jumped out at me it says this, what I just read. Who is like the beast who was able to make war with him? Because there was another scripture I read that really began to show me 
God's desire and God's heart. All right, so let's go on. In Exodus 15, when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, remember in the Bible, Miriam sang a song, and the horse and rider, he is thrown into the sea. Remember part of that? I'm sure you've heard that. In that song, there are two lines that go like this. It's written there in, in Exodus. It says, who is like our God and who is able to make war with him? So you're seeing these two things where there's going to be a group of people on this world that are going to be worshiping Satan, saying, who is, who is like him, the beast, all right, who is able to make war with him? This is called the Song of Moses in the Bible, by the way. So Revelation says that some will sing this song in heaven, and you might <laughs> brush up on the words because I'm going to show you this. Watch this. So in the end times, again, people will be singing that about Satan in expressing worship, a deception taking place. Who is like the beast and who is able to make war with him? But what this is what's going to happen. Let me show you in Revelation 17, verse 13 and 14. Are you ready for this? This is going to shake your socks here. Watch this. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Talking end times. These will make war with the lamb... And the Lamb, Jesus, will overcome them. For he, the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. So here's the picture. Jesus is in heaven sitting on the right hand of the throne. And on earth, people are singing to the beast, what we just read to you. And Jesus is going to turn to Gabriel, and he's going to go, what did they say? And Gabriel, who has been waiting for this, says, Lord, they said, who is like the beast, and who can make war with him? That's what they said, Lord. And Jesus will say, because they're close, Gabe, they're good friends, get my sword. Okay, i got to say that again. You're all focused on the word Gabe. So Gabriel, it's time. Get my sword. And John describes it in Revelation 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. Jesus is faithful and true, folks. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Notice, in righteousness. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no, no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was a Word, and the Word was with God. Amen? John 1.1. 1, 1. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. It's going to look so cool. All right? Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it 
he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hmm. That's what's going to happen with the beast. Now, remember last week, it says Satan was covered with precious stones? Because remember, this whole series, Love Conveyed, is really about worship. Okay? And we're touching on it in little bits. But now, get that focus. This is about worship. And remember, Lucifer was created for that very thing, to lead worship in heaven. Satan was covered with precious stones. These precious stones, diamonds, beryl, all the different, the reason why he had that, because it reflected light, the light of God. It went back. It was worshiped back to the Lord. And, and so when we're reading that, the question is, why was Satan covered with these stones? Again, it's to reflect the light of God to all of heaven. But let me show you something that I think is really special. Revelation 21, verse 1 through 7, then we're going to jump to 9 through 11. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for heaven, for her husband, excuse me. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now notice, wipe away every... Oh, that's because the victory's been won and there's no more problem. Watch the real reason of all of this. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So now, remember, Lucifer, Satan, was covered with precious stones and created with instruments. The bride of Christ, she is covered with a precious stone. That's what it's saying here. 
She has musical instruments. That's you. Lucifer was created with strings, wind, and percussion instruments. You were given these. God created you with that. Did you know when you, you talk that there are literally, you could call them strings in your throat, vocal cords? When you make a sound, wind passes through them, and that's why the sound is there. And then percussion. You have a percussion instrument. You are created to worship. But but hang on with me, and we're going to conclude with this. Lucifer was created with every precious stone. You were created with every precious stone. That's what Scripture's telling us, Revelation 21. Musical instruments is created in Lucifer's body. You have instruments in your body. I wonder if at that moment that Lucifer was cast out of heaven, the worshiper, (laughs) that the Trinity said, "Uh uh-oh, who's going to lead worship in heaven now? In creation, remember we talked last week, God recreated the earth. Genesis says it was without form or or was void. He creates the stars, the sun, the moon, the plants, and the animals. Then on the sixth day, everyone say sixth day. He is walking on the earth. And maybe Lucifer said to him, who's going to worship for you now? Who's going to give you glory now? Who's going to be your worship leader now? (laughs) And God reaches down, and he grabs a little dust, and he squeezes it, and he goes, that's my new worship leader. His name is Mankind. And furthermore, in that ability that you have, let me just tell you, I'm going to, you know, doctrinally, I'm there, okay? But doctrinally, I'm on edge just explaining it this way, but I know it's true. That dirt, a worshiper will be the one that crushes your head. Now, I know It's talking about Jesus Christ doing the work. But there you are. You have the same ability as Christ that he gave to you. How do you crush the devil's head? How do you keep him at bay? How do you keep him from destroying your family? How do you keep him from removing things out of your life that God has blessed you with How do you keep them? It's because you become that worshiper that God created you to be. And you move in that realm. So 
the glory, watch this, is now no longer reflected off of Lucifer. The glory of the Lord is reflected off of Jesus and you. You are the worshiper. You are the one that produces that glory. Don't you understand the greatest thing that took place during COVID was when our government told us to shut down? Because when we gather and we worship, there is power that goes forth like this morning when I was standing down there, there was miracles taking place. There was victory taking place. Your family were being made whole. Why? Because you did a crescendo of worship. You used every instrument from singing to shouting to clapping. Some of you danced. I moved a little bit. Some of you danced. Amen. Hmm. But there was a problem. So let me tell you how it was fixed. The dirt became a living soul that would live forever, Adam and Eve. Then the dirt decided to follow Satan and sin. So God, Jesus, became dirt and died to redeem the living souls he created. Hello, redeemed. You're born again. You are redeemed, washed by the blood of the Lord and that you can walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. So Satan is doing everything he can do to stop you from worshiping God. My question, are you going to allow him to do that? Because if we do, we will be like him rejecting and taking worship for ourselves that belongs to him. And so my challenge to you as your pastor, as we move further into breakthrough, as some of you visitors here, we welcome you. Some of the family of the baby dedication, some of you, I, I see that there's some visitors here. We welcome you. We, this is a church that expresses love. We're not a perfect church. We serve the perfect one. His name is Jesus Christ. And we're going to live our lives based on the things of the Lord. We're going to walk in this power, and we're going to see God do miraculous things, not only in this church, but in your homes, in your businesses, and your jobs. Why? Because you finally realized that what God did when they got together, I'm okay, I can't tell you that they got together and had a committee meeting, but they got together and they said, we're going to recreate after Lucifer was cast and he, he made a mess out of this world. We're going to create this earth, but on the sixth day, we're going to create his replacement. And you are the one that is going to walk in that. And because, watch this, when you do, all power of heaven works in and through you. Folks, it begins with worship. 
It begins by conveying your love to him. It's not about the song. It's not about the instrument. Let me conclude by saying it's about the instrument. It's about you and me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Begin to express it in a greater way like you did today. I was having fun. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing. I was singing. I was, you know, I was, oh, it was awesome. A couple times I started my percussion, you know, I just clapped and, and all that. See, that's what it's about. Man, we've gotten so deceived. I'm not talking about that. We, the church has gotten so deceived and really what worship really is all about. It is taking what God created you to be and conveying and expressing your love to God and being that reflection of God that can be reflected around everyone around you. So that when you're around, when you're around me, when I'm around you, the reflection of the love of God is there and lives will be transformed and changed. Let's all stand. I promise your roast won't burn. You'll get home in time. Everyone looks at their watch. <laughs> you know, I, I really want to allow you to bask in what I just gave you. I want you to realize it's not performance. It's not how much regarding that you know who you are. There's no deception in your identity. You're created the image and likeness of God. And that you are that replacement. Because of the work of Jesus Christ in that redeeming power, you now reflect and express and convey the love of God. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Yeah, okay. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that mighty breakthrough. When we leave these, this campus, that the anointing of God will follow us. Because everywhere we go, the reflection of God and his authority and power will be conveyed because I now, we now know the expression of Christianity is worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Blessings to every home that's represented here. Thank you, Father, for those precious little girls that were dedicated today in Jesus' name, bless that home with abundance. Bless our homes with abundance. And Lord, allow us everywhere we go to reflect our worship towards you in bringing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, here's something else. One more thing. Expression is 
Also faithfulness. Expression is faithful in your singing, in your your shouting to the Lord and getting in the word of God and expressing the word. Didn't you just love that song where I speak Jesus, the word of God, I speak it. I speak it over this, I speak it over that. Amen. It's with your finances, the expression of love. Amen. You want to impress that girl on the first date? You didn't take her to McDonald's. Amen. Ladies, on that first date, you didn't just jump out of bed with your hair everywhere and go to the front door. Hi, where are we going? Right? It is a natural thing to express, to convey these things because it is your DNA of worship and honor. Amen? I got to let you go. See tonight at 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock, the Spanish service. Have a great, great day.